This is the Copper Crab Podcast. I'm Chaney Crab. I am Naveen Copperweiss. Yo, yo, yo. Check one, two. Check it, check it, check it, check it out. What up? Remember, if you want to submit questions for the podcast, send them to our email at coppercrabpodcast at gmail.com. We get to all of them. We definitely do. Sooner or later. That's because there's about five or six per month. <laughs> so it's not too hard to get to. <laughs> Just kidding. I wish Just there kidding. Were. We only pick five or six. <laughs> That's true. We haven't been doing them lately. So I was like, okay, today we're going to bust out some questions. It's kind of old school. That's like how the show started. Remember? Doing Q&A. Yeah. I remember. I don't know. How, did it? Did it start like that? It How, totally really did. Remember. I remember we made the decision to do the podcast, and we both made statuses on Facebook saying, "Hey, we're gonna shoot a podcast episode, so yeah. hit us up with your questions. Submit your cues. What are some tour Q and As or some musician to Q and As? I got an idea. That's crazy. Sorry. When we first started the podcast, yeah. touring was just. Just Reg- regular old regular tour. old yeah. touring. Just go on tour. What's that like? With that being said, we have not played a show since this podcast started. There's some crazy Whoa, trivia dude, that's for you. Super crazy. I never even thought of that. And we're almost on this is episode sixty eight or sixty nine. I think it's sixty nine. Next week is Wow. Wow, it's the good old lucky sixty nine, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so that means that we're just like speculating. We're just fakers, pretenders. What do you mean? Now we're pretenders we're because pretenders. we haven't played a show in two yeah. years. We don't know what we're doing. But back in the day. We're out of touch. Back in the day two years ago. Yeah, we're out of touch. <laughs> now it should be like a how to be a band in the wake of a pandemic. That's the podcast, podcast. <laughs> should be about that. Maybe it has been this whole time. Whoa. Hmm. All right. Elephant in the room. Naveen, I'm seeing Bud Light Seltzers over by your side of the desk. And you claim that you weren't drinking anymore. So I am going to crack this Bud Light Seltzer. It's my first BL Seltz back. Wow. Although I did drink a few beers over the weekend. Full disclosure. (laughs) You know what's funny is in the last episode you were talking about how you were going to go and do what you did over the weekend. Yeah. but, But you were going to go for the first time not drinking yeah how did that go so i okay well (laughs) i I did drink a bit but anyway cheers cheers let's see how this tastes happy wednesday everyone it's good to be here with you good to be here chatting on the good old copper crab podcast Mm, that's refreshing um okay so i did decide that i was going to have some beers at the horseshoe tournament that i go to with my dad Mm mm-hmm his friend puts on an annual horseshoe get-together with a bunch of his buddies and some of their sons. So is it actually about playing horseshoes? <clears throat> because you've never really been clear on that um, with me. He, he just has like a cabin and he has a bunch of sweet games. And uh, there's shuffleboard, darts, and there's like 50 guys who go. So they have like tournaments in every game, basically. Okay, I may be the only woman who 
is the significant other of someone who had who goes <clears throat> to the horseshoe tournament who has been to the house. That's true. Because we got been. we got to go stay at the house on tour. On our last tour. No way. Yeah, that was our last tour. No way. Yeah. That was okay. So we went on a day off of our last tour because it's kind of off the beaten path. It's close to Yosemite. It's like uh, it was kind of on the way on a drive, and I was like, oh, maybe we can go stop by there. Totally. But I didn't go that year because we were on tour, and then the next year it got canceled. Well, But and yeah, long story short, I was like, okay, I'm going to go up there. To get there, sorry to interrupt you again, but to get there, you go over the highest bridge in California. Yeah, it's super, super tall. It it's scared the absolute crazy. shit out of me. And it's not really over water. It's over just like a valley. I mean, yeah. there is a little creek, but it's not like, it's not like over a bay or something like that. It's just... No, it's a drop. In between two mountains. And all over the bridge, if you walk on the bridge, which I was not brave enough to walk across that bridge. Because I was I, wondering, you didn't you didn't no, walk across it? I got about two feet yeah. onto it, and I was like, there's no way in hell I'm doing this. Me and Sean stopped and walked across it, and I was like, did Chaney walk across this bridge? No, but you and Travis and Tim did. Yeah. Was Tim with us? Yeah. And maybe Phallus? Definitely. I think Phallus was there. Yeah. Maybe. Fallis is a person, by the way. Everybody. Yeah, Mike Fallis. That's our. He was our <laughs> merch guy, who we've talked about before because he stole. He's the infamous guy who stole my uh, treats at Heavy Montreal. Oh, okay. Remember? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah Fallis was yeah. with us. But I've known Fallis since he's from Iowa. I've known him forever. But anyway, at this bridge, it's actually really sad because if you walk onto the that tallest bridge in California, there are. Uh, I guess it's like suicide <coughs> pamphlets, right? Like don't um, and there are they're not really. That's a way more official way of putting it. Well, there are memorials. It's just like people put up little notes, yeah, and like, like zip tied them on there. Like don't do it. Don't do it. You know, give me a call, and it's got their number. Yeah, Jesus loves you. That type of stuff. That's that's rough. <coughs> that's I know. Rough Sean thing. and I were like, I wonder how many. People have to jump to put the notes up. Yeah. I was saying one. Since it's a small town. Yeah. Maybe one person did it and then. That's very true. I mean, one person could do it and all of their friends rallied together yeah. to, like, hey, go to put, the put the notes up. I, I remember like <clears throat> a few weeks after we. No, it was probably a couple months after we went. I did acid. I had taken a picture of the bridge of the notes and just the the height. And I had done acid and I was looking through my photos and I came across that picture and it was just like really. Freaked you the fuck out? It didn't freak me out, but it just <clears throat> was one of those reminders of how fragile life is. Wait, you just casually casually were like, oh yeah, I was do doing acid and looked, looked at the picture. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, like to a lot of people, doing acid is like a big deal. It's not just like, oh, I was on acid the other day. and. Oh, no. I mean, I my <laughs> my like acid trips are well planned out. Yeah, I know. It was just was a just day that saying. I had planned out. It's not like I'm doing acid all I'm the time. Saying, you, said it, you said it like you were like, yeah, I was drinking coffee the other yeah, day. Yeah, no, 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 no. I had kinda... planned out this day because I... I think it was when, know, I went once the, once when I went to the men's thing. Yeah, I think so. So once or twice a year, I'll do acid as a reset. And this happened to be one of those days. Yeah. 
and I came across the picture and it was just I really you know it was one of those reminders that you get when you do something like that of how fragile life is and how not to take any of it for granted true that but anyway on a better note you drinking at the <coughs> so at I did drink a little drink. bit I had uh I think I had about three white claws. Oh, you had white claws? Yeah, I think I had Damn. three white claws, and I know I had about two Coors Lights and maybe one to two other beers over the weekend. Like during the day? Yeah. And how was it? It's not that cool. Yeah. It's not, it's not really that cool. I wonder if it was just like the setting. Uh, That wasn't that cool. Yeah, maybe you just weren't having that good of a time. Yeah, I think I was kind of being a little bit of a downer just the whole time anyway. I don't know. Mm -hmm. just wasn't really in a social mood. Why? I don't know. I found myself just not being that social lately. Just kind of wanting to be on my own. I know what you mean. I like to do that. Yeah. Not have to talk or anything. You know, I don't really like it. What's odd is I don't really like talking about myself to people that don't know me that well yeah because it's not it it's hard to get past that surface level conversation of oh what do you do what's that like especially if you're not like i don't know who you go to this camp out with i don't know any of the guys except for obviously your family but um if you have no nothing to relate on yeah like if they're i don't know uh, the, I know what you mean about this type of Well, it's more like, I'll, I'll be like, like the, yeah, I have a job and do music. Yeah. But I'm I'm not the type of guy to be like braggadocious. Mm-hmm. So they kind of just take it as like, okay, yeah, of course, everybody plays music, whatever. It's like long hair guy. Totally. But I don't know. It doesn't really like bug me or anything. It's just like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, Two years ago, we flew to Mexico, and we were on the plane with Alice Cooper, and we saw Kiss, and my friend went on stage with Limp Biscuit, and, you know. Sometimes like, those stories are fun to tell. That sounds cool, but I, it would it would take a lot to get me into a space where I would actually say that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, even on the podcast, I don't do that. I'm not sitting here around going. You just did. Oh, I did it as a joke. But it's true. It is true. But what I'm saying is I I don't even really name drop or like brag on the podcast. Yeah, I know yeah? what you mean. It's not really my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of just goes without saying. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not good <laughs> at like. Humble brag. I'm really good at making fun of myself bragging. Totally. But that doesn't work if you don't already know about me. Right. I know. You know? Yeah, totally. Like, I'll make joke brags all the time. I do that on the podcast all the time. You know, mm-hmm. like if someone's telling me, like, you know, oh, Naveen, you're so sick. You know, I'll be like, oh, yeah, this is, I like the way this conversation's going. That kind of stuff. You know, I'll make jokes about it. But uh, I'm not the great at just to a stranger being, like, yeah, you know, relaying what I'm all about. Yeah. It's not my thing. So you're bored. Uh, I don't know if I was bored because I, 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 <clears throat> I don't really get bored. I was just, uh, yeah, totally. Like at one point 
uh, it was, let's see, it was kind of like getting later, like 11.30. And I was kind of like, you know what, there's just nothing else for me to do here. And I just like went in my van and started reading a book. Well, that's kind of what I mean. It which seems is kind of like, weird. It seems like you're bored with the situation. So you yeah, changed bit, you changed the situation. <laughs> yeah, because that's cool. I guess if you're not gonna, I don't know. Like for me, if I'm not gonna like rage it, you know, I, I think I just get kind of kind of not bored, but I'd rather just do something on my own. Yeah, I know what you mean. I like to like party with my friends. I don't know if I would be like on a trip with a bunch of people that I don't know. Like yeah. It's cool. I mean, I'm but definitely, I, really I go, go every like year. I mean, I know yeah. the people to an extent. For know? sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is I like to talk about stuff that's a l- just a little one notch deeper than when you meet somebody. Yeah, you don't like small talk. I, I guess I don't like small you talk. You don't, no, for I don't, sure. I, don't, I, don't. I, know, I definitely think that's a thing for you. Like, I'll just be kind that of kind silent. kind of is for me, too. You know? I get bored with small talk. Like, I'm good at bullshitting small talk, <laughs> but once the well has run dry, I'm yeah. like, okay. Like, the first what night, we talk about I, I had, like, a really good question for my dad, you know? Because my dad's uh, into science and all sorts of stuff. So, the, so I've been, and I'm always thinking... Like my dad's more, the he's gone the way of like kind of materialist reductionist type person, or so he claims, right? Well, yeah, but he's also someone who is once very spiritual. Yeah, yeah. So he was really, really spiritual. He lived in a temple for ten years as a Hare Krishna monk. I guess you could call it. Are they called Hare Krishnas or are they called devotees? They're they're called Vaishnavs. Vaishnavs. Okay, I've heard that word. But that's like the official term. All people, both genders, it's just neutral Vaishnav. Yeah, they're just Vaishnav. Well, they're actually a certain lineage of Vaishnavs. Which is derived from what? As Gaudiya Vaishnavs. What does that mean? uh, So a Vaishnav is somebody who worships Vishnu. Mm -hmm. And Gaudiya has to do with who... Whose lineage it is. Okay, gotcha. So they follow somebody. It's like a 500-year-old lineage. It's sort of a newer one. Okay. So anyway, that's what my dad came from that background. When he was like 18 to 28, he was living in a temple. That's how my mom and him met each other. That's why my name's Naveen. You know, so it has a lot to do, uh, shape my life. But my dad sort of got into other things you know he's he is his own person he's uh one of a kind that's what we'll call him for sure (laughs) likes to debate uh animated guy very so i'm somewhat spiritual not in the same way that he was but i mean spiritual what does that even mean you know i think it means diving into the the truth of reality, right? That's what I would call it. Something like that. Yeah, I could agree with you know, that. That's how I've heard it be put in a way that I thought was cool. So I'm kind of always like challenging him on a really simple level. Yeah, because you guys, you, you <laughs> love to do that with him. Yeah. You guys love to do that. Yeah. So you and your brothers and your dad love yeah. to do that with each other. Yeah. So that's to me fun. You know, I like doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
So on the first night, I was like, I got a really good question for my dad. You know, I was like, all right, dad. You know, because he'll bring stuff back to the Big Bang, you know, the Big Bang, this, that, and nothing. I'm like, okay, well, my question was, is space assumed for the Big Bang or does space come out of the Big Bang? Because mm-hmm. that's how I was going to get him. I was going to be like, well, if space was there, something was there. So something right. didn't come from nothing. But I, I still got him anyway in the end. How did you get him? <laughs> because I sent you a video because you had talked to me about it. Okay. Well, that's exa- that's kind of where we wound up before you sent me that video. That it's circular. Yeah, so space is not assumed for the Big Bang. Right. It's a part of the Big Bang. Yeah. But then I, start, then I started, uh, I asked him, okay, well, is reality assumed? Right? So if there's something, even if it's really small or infinitesimal, a huge amount of energy concentrated into some form or space, then reality is assumed. There has to be a ground for that to exist, right? Mm-hmm. Existence is is assumed. Yeah. So he he always he'll he'll like come back combat me on a technical term, right? So what I do is I pull up my dictionary. Semantics. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, cool, I got a dictionary in hand. And so what I do is I look up the words and I say, oh, okay. Alright, in the truest sense of this word, it means this. Like, for instance, real, you know, is something real? Yeah. And if you look up the word real, it means something that has um, autonomy. It's like an autonomous um, something, mm-hmm. an autonomous thing. And then, you know, but you could really pull that apart. You know, you like, you, you know, like you said, I'm a semantics guy. Well, yeah, I wasn't so, referring to you for the record. <laughs> I was referring to your dad, so but you, could, you both are. You could totally pull that apart and just be like, well, what does that, nothing is autonomous in this relative world. Yeah. Because everything is like my body. You could say, oh yeah, I'm this own, my own body, right? But there's no body without air. There's no body without the elements. There's... There's a million things. Like, I don't even have control over my own bodily functions. You know? Like, your mind doesn't do it. It just is happening. Right. So how autonomous really are you? So how real are you really in the truest sense of the word? So anyway, that's the kind of stuff that I was uh, throwing at my dad. Yeah, and further, I, I pulled this up because... I just happened to come across this at like four o'clock in the morning while on Sunday while you were gone and we had been talking about it. So if anyone is interested in this, the video that I sent to Naveen is called Before the Big Bang 7, An Eternal Cyclic Universe, CCC Revisited and Twistor Theory. Yeah. And it's a really well put together, like hour long documentary that kind that explains exactly the question that you yeah that you came up with which is that it's sick this theory is that it's the it's cyclic right yeah i gotta check that out i gotta definitely look at that because it seems like in that 
the theory is that it's ex- contracted down exactly. and expanding Expands. outward mm-hmm. and contracting down. Exactly. Which would make more sense in my mind. And that's sort of how it is explained in Eastern religions. That it yeah. is a cycle. You know? Right. So that would sort of make sense in my mind. Yeah, are you talking about the universe is explained as a cycle? Yeah. Or life and death? No, the universe. Okay, got you. All universes, there's multiple universes. Right. And and that stuff. So yeah, they're created and they exist for a while and then they're destroyed ultimately. And it goes over and over again. Mm-hmm. That that's that philosophy. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying what that Naveen thinks. True. I'm not saying right. what Naveen thinks. Right. Okay. <laughs> Naveen doesn't think very much because I have been actually thinking lately. You know, you read about so much stuff these days, you know, and this can apply to spiritual stuff or the the real world, whatever you want to call it. But really, I've been trying to think of it more as uh, there is no difference between any of it and what you what you should do is stick to what you actually know to be true in all facets of life. Because how often are people just saying stuff that they like kind of know? Right. Which is, (laughs) I've always sort of seen myself as more of a gatherer of information than like someone who is a super stickler of any particular thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Like I, I'm really like neutral in a lot of aspects and it's because I like to hear all sides of the story. Some would say that it's because I'm a Libra. You know, we like, we search for neutrality. Some would completely disagree with horoscopes period, but I'm the type of person who I want to know all information from all things and just sort of weigh it out. But I don't refuse to learn about anything. I think that's the best way to be. I I totally agree. But even beyond, like beyond that, I think as you are gathering your information and maybe there's stuff that we want to be true, Mm -hmm. but how much actual experience do you have with it? Or in genuine insight. Yeah. Most people are dilettantes of most things. Which a yeah. dilettante is someone who knows just enough information to sort of skirt yeah. skirt inside of the subject, but they're not really a master it's master of none. Totally. And I mean, we do that all all the time. Of course. I think but that's I think that's an egoistic type of behavior. Yeah, because you don't want to look like you don't know something. Yeah, which is why it's hard it's hard for a lot of people to have actual discussions in real life without uh, and have their mind changed. Totally. Because they don't want to admit that they're wrong about something or that they don't really know that much about it. I I I totally agree. And then uh, on top of that, to when you have a genuine insight or a genuine understanding of something, when 
somebody says something that goes against it, you're not really triggered or threatened. All you, but you have such a nice, uh, genuine understanding of it that you can explain it in different ways. Yeah, I would to say. To make it so it makes sense to that person. Yeah, you're very keen on the subject. Exactly. Yeah, not but not just strictly in a philosophical or a mental way. Like, mm-hmm. for, for instance, if you just break it, break it down to two plus two, you know, I know that two plus two is four. You know? And if somebody comes up to me and they're like, you know, it's not four. You know, I'm not going to be like triggered. There's nothing... I can just say, well, you probably don't understand what I'm saying then. Yeah. You know, and here's another way to put it. You know, I got two over here, two over there. Check it out. It's four. You know, that kind of a thing. That's obviously way simplistic. Yeah. But when you have that genuine connection with something, you're not threatened by what someone else says. You get threatened when you're not really sure of something. Yeah. And then your beliefs are now all on shaky ground and you go, no, I don't, I got to fight this. Uh, insecurity yeah which is also why i think it's important to not only know everything about what you're fighting for but know everything about what you're arguing against like it's really important to in a debate or if you do want to have that type of discussion with people you know every way they're going to come at you so you have an explanation for everything they're going to say that's how you have an airtight defense totally it's like it's like boxing, fighting. You have to be able to analyze every single move that's coming for you so that you know exactly how to react to that move. Yeah, that's if you want to be a master debater. Well, that's a mas- That's like a conversationalist, though. It's what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, that's true, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I am talking about that, but also, well, I guess I, I definitely do that because I do that to my dad all the time. So yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I guess what I'm saying is I, I've sort of been having a... Oh my God, could you just hear me crack my neck in the microphone? No. Whoa, that was just... Nice That was crack. a splendid neck cracking. <laughs> Though I've heard that you can actually uh, give yourself a stroke from cracking your neck. Really? Is it a stroke? It I might be know. a stroke. I don't think so. Seizure? I don't know, but I'm addicted to cracking my neck and my back. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't really my fingers. My mom used to torture me and crack my toes. And now I do it to you. Yeah, I, uh, but I don't let you do it. I'm like, <laughs> get away from me. Yeah. But to conclude our d- deep part of the podcast. Deep thoughts. That's kind of how it goes. We have Cheney. like a deep part and then it just kind of like levels out. <laughs> and then we do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but to... I actually really want to say this because it's, it's been something that's been helping me out a lot. And it's, you know, question, you question yourself. You know, it's like, why do I think that? You know, that's all right. Yeah. And, and, and if you stick with the truth, you'll feel really comfortable. Well, in, isn't uh, that in everything in life? I mean, if you, if you're sticking I, with the truth. I know, but being truthful with yourself, that's like actually yeah. harder than just being outwardly truthful. Well, because I think that there are also a lot of easy distractions in this world to not be honest with yourself. Yeah, or right? you see somebody, see other people can have a really deep, meaningful truth in their life, right? Like maybe, let's say you're a mathematician, right? We'll stick with math. 
You know, but math is so mathematical. I know, but people that are really into math, it's like a, it's it's in it's they have like realizations in math. I, that's what was blowing my mind about the video <laughs> that I referenced earlier. I'm I was just watching these. I pref- this, these scientists speak and their thoughts were so mathematically centric. Yeah. I was just like, oh my God, these people just sit around and it's just equation after equation in their yeah. head constantly. But it means something deeper than of it does course. to me. And I might see those people and be like, wow, I, I want to be like those guys or maybe come off like one of those guys. So I could... I could surface level learn enough to maybe pass by, right? But that's going to fall apart when I'm challenged. Yeah, of course. In a way where I might get frustrated, you know, I might get angry, you know, because I have nothing else to resort to. But if it's a genuine realization that has settled into your body, right, you're not going to feel threatened. Like if someone's like, oh, drumming is like stupid or whatever, I'm going to be like, yeah, I, I could actually relate, you know? I could relate my experience of drumming since I've done it for so long and since it's so ingrained in me. Yeah. I can relate it to, like, anyone's experience or anything that okay. they have to say about it. It's not just one thing. or It's not just me copying what someone else said about drumming. Yeah. And when that doesn't hold up, I get mad. So I guess what I'm saying is you got to be genuine and honest about where you're at in life. Yeah. About everything. And that is a kick in the balls, though, because we all want to be super smart and look awesome all the time. Yeah. That's a part of what is cool about smoking weed. I do think that there, <laughs> there is a part of weed that makes you reflect on the things yeah. that you are. Right. I think to, to the adverse extent, though. For some people. Like, sometimes when I used to smoke weed, I'd be, like, you know, tripping about something. Of course. And then I'd be like, wait a minute, I'm just, like, really stoned. I've said, of oh. course, like, 500 times in this podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm agreeing with you a lot today, Naveen. But I know what you mean. However, like anything else, I think we were saying this on a podcast, everything in moderation. It's like, you do, even with weed, you can sort of measure, like, where you get to that point. If you're an experienced enough user. Using weed. User. But that, okay, so I'm going to end the deep stuff with, wouldn't it be cool if people gave us like really hard questions to answer that were like a little bit more philosophical and we had to like do a little bit of homework? Sometimes they do. Challenge me. Send us some like. Challenge me. Yeah. Send us some challenging questions. And we'll we'll make up some answers. You know, fuck it. I, don't I know. mean, on the real though, it is cool. It's awesome talking about music and talking about everything. Obviously. So. Oh, wait, I think I just said obviously. Of course. Of course. That's what it is. Is that the episode title? Of course. <laughs> All right. So should we dip into of these questions? It is. These are the, the real uh, get into the stuff. <laughs> yeah, let's get into the questions. All right. Uh, you want me to read you one first? Yeah, go for it. All right, Chaney, this is for you. Dylan Durrell. I hope I'm saying that right. I think it's a Dalen. Dalen. Oh, Dalon. Dalon Durrell. 
I hope he's okay with us using his name. That's uh, I'm taking Instagram names. Okay. So he's got it on his well, he uh, or she. I don't. I'm. I think it's a man. I don't know. Well, my real name is anyway. on Instagram. So favorite coffee roast. So is Janie, mine. Expand. Espresso. Oh, of course. Is that a roast type? Is that how that works? Uh, I think so. Other than that, I've heard that light roasts are the most caffeinated, so I always go for like that. That's really what I'm looking for. Really? I just like the flavor How of the dark roast. How high am I going to get? I like the flavor of the dark roast, too. I am a black coffee drinker, so yeah. no cream for me. I think that's... So some- why do you do that? Is that like just to like prove that you're hard type of a thing? or No, it's... Because I'm Italian, it's just, it runs <laughs> through my blood. I think in Italy, they put cream in there. They make lattes no, they, cappuccinos and espresso? And no, they yeah. don't. I mean, you put sugar in it if you want, but espresso, I'm trying to drink that straight. But anyway, it's not because of that. It's really because of when I was intermittent fasting. And, you Got know, used to it. yeah, when you cut Got calories out of your diet, like the 50 or 100 calories that you'll put in your coffee in the morning, that's an easy, like, thing to eliminate. That's true. So then you just start liking the way that it tastes? or what? I love the way it tastes because you really get to experience the coffee if you drink it black. If you drink it with cream and a lot of sugar in it. Then you're Naveen. Then you're drinking cream and sugar <laughs> with a little with a hint of coffee. However, yeah, I did request my birthday is in a month and I did request an espresso machine with a oh shit steamed yeah. steamed milker. I promptly forgot about that. Yeah, I know until just until you just reminded me. It's like boyfriend shit. I was like, yeah, that would be really cool, and then haven't thought about it. Since. You could order it right now. Like, let's just pause the podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's worth yeah, it. I mean, if I'm going to buy something, I want to buy it. I'm, I'm, we're on the thing where we want to buy the best one. Or yeah, not no, the best we're one, buying but the best one. A, a good one. No, we're a, buying a, a really one. good one. I a want like a $400 one. one, $500 one. Yeah, that, that's, I don't know if that's a good one, though. At for $500. Um, I will go and read reviews It's got to be chrome in appearance. Yeah, totally. Or gold. No, it's got to be chrome. Gold would be Even though it's sick. your birthday gift, I'm deciding that it needs to be chrome. Yeah, you're like, chrome. no, gr- chrome. Uh, All right, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, right. Coffee is so much better with cream in it. You know what it would be better is if I could make coffee art. True. With my steamed milk. With oat milk. Dude, oat milk is yeah, legit. Yeah, oat milk. The barista oh, blend. Oat milk is so good. Yeah. What's up with that? What Why else is really like good? Cereal? So I'm, I've been doing silk heavy cream. Oh, that stuff's really good. So too. for anybody, since Shane and I have gone vegan again, I've definitely made a huge attempt to mention it on every single episode because that's what you have to do uh, when you go five for five now naveen good job so since shani and i are vegan twice in one episode nice i've been looking for a heavy cream replacement because that's what i like to drink in my coffee you have not been looking anywhere i got i got the silk replacement it does not sound as cool on the podcast i got it okay cheney showed up with some (laughs) silk heavy cream i saw it at the grocery store and, and I was like, we need to try this. Because we love heavy cream, or loved. <laughs> <laughs> we don't love it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we love the taste of it, but we don't, we don't love the implications. 
But silk heavy Next cream week is you're like going to be eating a hamburger on no. that episode. Hey, uh, hey, everyone! No, no, I declared when COVID started that no, I was never going to me- eat meat again for the rest of my life, around. and I and I've stayed true to it true. for this portion of my life. True, so far. Mm. Uh, but yeah, silk heavy cream, solid. It's a solid. It's a solid rock. Eight, solid eight out of ten. Yeah, rock. Someone solid. is for sure going to come along and dethrone them because I feel like they're really one of the first countries companies to venture into this they're the only one who makes it endeavor and you know we all know what happened to boca we all know what happened to boca burgers they, they used to destroyed. boca used to low cut lace everyone <laughs> tell the story oh uh, low cut yeah yeah well uh in animosity we used to go to denny's a lot and we would all get boca burgers because they had those there and like one night it was really late or something. I don't even know. I don't know where we were. Some small place. And uh, Evan was like, all right, yeah, I'll get a, uh, to the waitress, like, I'll get a Boca burger. And she's like, low cut? <laughs> low cut burger? Man, what's that? And then, <laughs> and then he's like, no, it's uh, it's on the menu. It's a Boca burger. And she's like, oh, okay, all right, all right. And then I'm like, yeah, I'll have one of those too. And she's like, okay, low cut too. You want low cut? All right. No. <laughs> I swear. Dude, it'd be good. I'm still telling the yeah, joke. Yeah, no, I, st- I tell the joke. Yeah. <laughs> I tell it all. Because you guys, every time we would go to a Denny's, you guys would tell the low cut story. So it's basically, uh, there are a lot of stories like that, though, that happened elsewhere. That because they were told so many times around me, I'm like, okay, that's that's my story now. Also, like for, I'm just at that point, Boca Burgers are now just called low cut burgers. That's what they're called for ever. Yeah, it's how that was probably 15 years ago. What are some other tour things like Denny's is called Leonard's because yeah, I, of Lenny's. I named it Leonard's though. Denny's, I think Denny's went to Leonard's. No, it went to Lenny's. Because I, I heard that old people would call it Lenny's. That was like, <laughs> I don't know. Because there was a commercial. That's actually, no, there was a commercial back in the day when I was a kid. And they were like, Denny's? Lenny's? I don't know. <laughs> you know? What? It was like one of those good old time commercials. Like yeah, two okay. old ladies getting together at Denny's and they were like laughing, calling it Lenny's. For sure. And then, this is how I'm remembering it. I don't know if it's true or not. Then I was like, oh, Lenny's, that's funny. I'm going to start calling it Leonard's. <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure that's what we always called it. Okay. And then Starbucks is fucks. Yeah, fucks. That's Starbucks. Uh, what are other things? Dick. Dick McDonald's is dicks. W- is dicks. <laughs> <laughs> because it became Dick Monald's. <laughs> Dick Monalds. That must have been one of the first spoonerisms that I've ever heard. Dick Monalds. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see, what else? W- Wally World. But that's like a big, yeah. pretty, that's well, a popular well, one. Is there another one or for Wall Walmart? Or Wallbox, but that's just, from, that's just from South Park. It's not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't really think of any others right now. But there are a lot. Tour language is just like, that's the thing. You come home and you, it's basically like you speak like an alien. 
after you get off of tour because every tour inevitably has like a million jokes. A million jokes. That's what they mentioned in uh that Anthony or Anthony Bourdain documentary that we were watching. They yeah. referenced when a band goes on tour, they have all these jokes and all these in, this insider stuff and they're mm-hmm. totally in sync with each other. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. For us it's a weird experience or a different experience because we go on tour together. And then when we get back, we, like, carry it into real life. True. Which I'm sure is, I mean, we've been there as well. You know, we've both been on tour without the other person. I I did that systems tour, and you obviously were in animals and all of that stuff. So we've gone on tours, and one of us has come back, and the other person doesn't know what is going on. True. True that. That's a weird thing. I know. must be really weird. Living on tour is sort of like living a second life. I mean... 100%. Especially if... Depending on how normal your home life is. Right. Seems like that could get real weird. Yeah, I mean, there... For some people, you... It's a weird thing when you get home because your home life is similar to tour. And that can get weird, you know, if you're drinking too Uh much or if you're just, like, trying to do that all the time. And then on the flip side, you know, if your home life is totally normal and you're someone who really goes at it on tour, that could be weird. Some people have, like, a home life that's pretty normal and a tour life that's pretty chill. Some people, who are they? BT Bam? BT Bam. I mean, I do think that there is a thing where, like, if a band can, if a band doesn't have those hard partying antics, then they do sort of stay together longer. It's better. It's better to do that. It's something that, you know, we, we have on a lot of tours tried to embody that. You know, BT Bam is BT Bale. I think they, they made that up, right? Yeah, they made that because up. they don't like stick around and party and yeah. Because I think somewhere in between edge. would probably be the best. I agree. So Which nice down the center? I think we land there most of the time. Most of the time, for there sure. are a few tours that have gotten gotten a little crazy. That's true. Of like the European the, tour yeah, yeah, specifically. Bus. Well, it was honestly Summer Slaughter into the European tour. Yeah, Summer Slaughter probably a little too much White Claws for your boy. Dude, the thing about Summer Slaughter for us though was that we were. We were rotating with Surreption for first and second spot, and then Surreption left the tour, and we were opening every night. Yeah, so we're so like done at three. We're done at three, <laughs> and then we're part. You know, we had a cooler. We would take white claws. We had like a easy up, <clears throat> an easy up. So everyone would chill under our easy up all night, and we'd just like we had a good thing going. Drink and chill. We had a good thing going. That was fun. That was so, actually really fun. I look back on that. That tour was so fun. Fondly. I mean, so was the European tour. It was so fun. But yeah, it can get a little crazy. And then it can be the flip side because when we went on the last real tour that we did with Rivers and Wolf King and Conjurer, we were super sober that entire tour. Very true. Very true. So. Because I was trying to be (coughs) muscle man. Me too. And we were (laughs) going to Planet Fitness every day. We had a really good regimen going. So once again, I think in between all three of those would be the best. I think so too. 
Agreed. I don't know how <laughs> the fuck we got on that subject, but wait, that, <laughs> next the question, question was favorite coffee roast. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's our favorite coffee roast. <laughs> Is t- keeping it in moderation. Uh, Here, I'm gonna ask this one. All right, Jerry Guzman, super sick photographer. Check his. I'm pretty page sure out. we already answered this question, but we'll, we're gonna do we it again. We 100% did not answer this question. Pretty sure we already did, but we'll uh, we 100% we'll answer it a second time for those of you who missed it. We didn't. <laughs> Someone left a comment about buying merch and the Napalm Death merch guy at a show was a jerk, in their words. Thought it'd be cool to hear you and Chaney's point on that if you two have ever come across a rude merch guy or gal. He sent this to Naveen. Yeah, I've never, well, I don't know. Uh, Back in my day, and I'm a little older, the merch guy was, it was just a given that they were going to be a jerk. I was going to say. that's, That's the deal. This is how I know we haven't answered it because I've been like thinking on this question for a while, a few weeks. Yeah. What people don't probably realize about bands and merch guys is that you kind of almost aim for someone who's sort of mean sometimes. Yeah, because you you want someone who like doesn't drink, who's who's just like sitting there, they're kind of mean, kind of mad. They're just keeping an eye on the merch. They might they they're not afraid to like punch someone if they try to steal someone. You know. We've always, since the beginning of our band, we were like, if we could just nail down like a straight edge. That's what we want. Jerk. That would be the best. Asshole guy. Who's That's like, the best guy who's to like have. like maybe a crew member. Yeah. <laughs> who's like maybe down to beat ass. That's the best guy to have back there because they don't give a fuck. And they're just, yeah. they're keeping an eye on shit. And, they and don't, they're, not, they're not like impressed by all this bull. They don't think drunk guys are cute. If no. a drunk guy, like... You know, there are a lot of rules to the merch table. One is don't set your drink on the fucking merch table because yeah. here's what here's what happens. Most of the time, yeah, it works out fine. But one time out of the 20 times that a drink is on the table, the drink gets knocked over by another drunk person and then it's all over a bunch of merch and then you lose like... $80 from the table merch. Yeah, exactly. It's covered in beer. It smells like a bum. Yeah. Here's um, here's something that happened to me. A person literally did not say anything to me and picked me up, grabbed me and picked me up at a show because I'm a small statured person. So maybe I look like I would be fun to pick up. I don't know. what. <laughs> you know, I wasn't mad at him. But you're, the, you're only per- the only person who could see that happening was our merch guy. Yeah. So in that situation, what do I want to happen? The guy who's like, oh, look at that. Ha! Or like the, you know, the guy, the guy who's, who's like a pissed. badass and intimidating. <laughs> yeah. And another thing, it's like, you know, they have to deal with a lot of people who's, who are shot. They really do. Yeah, let's be real here. There are so many drunk people. A lot of drunk shows, people. Drunk people guys. fucking suck. dude. Unless you are also drunk. Even then, still kind of pushing it. Yeah. Because, you, you know, you're probably a cool drunk. If you're listening to this show, you're yeah, probably not. We're cool. Drunk. All of us in the crowd, the, this huge audience that listens to our podcast and us. You know, we're we're good to chill. Go. <laughs> these other people, I don't know about them. They're weird. I mean, there are just a lot of things to deal with being a merch guy. You're the person who has to settle at the end of the night. Sometimes you're dealing with like a, a promoter you've never met before who's kind of sketchy. Yeah, so you who, who do you want know. back there? You want like Mr. Nice Guy, smiley face, or do you want dude back there who's like, fuck this guy? Yeah. Pay or me. you know what happens at the merch table? Sometimes people will come up to the merch table and say, 
hey, like, I'm going to put you guys on our radio show and do all this shit for you. Can you give me, like, $80 free of merch? Yeah. And you want someone back. You don't want me who's nice and who's going to be like, yeah, dude, whatever you want. Yeah. You want a badass who's going to be like, Get the fuck out of here. Go away. Get away. I guess what we're saying is, yeah, we've encountered merch guys who are less than cordial. (laughs) <laughs> they're dealing but with they're a shitload there, of they're money back though. They're on purpose. Yeah, they're placed there strategically because they're handling all of the band's money, which can be thousands and thousands of dollars. Hundreds and tens of dollars. <laughs> and sometimes none. Tens <laughs> and twenties of dollars. Pennies. But you know, they're dealing with money. They're settling. There are a lot of times like the person who's there at the show. They could be at a really crowded show. They could have had to count in a shitload of merch that day. If you're the merch guy, you're carrying in all the merch. You're already mad that you had to set up in the heat. You're sleeping in a van too. You're sleeping in a van. And best case scenario, you're sleeping in a bumpy bus. Yeah. You know, it's not no matter how luxurious you get on the road, you're not sleeping in a bed. Okay, you're not sleeping in a bed that you're like just peacefully sleeping. I and sleep not real moving. peaceful on a bus, no problem, dude. Sleepy, I'm 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 camped in. There, I'm no, okay no on a bus. My last bunk that I was in had a window in it, yeah. and we were in Europe. And some days I would wake up in my bunk and I was hungover, and I would be looking out the window off of a mountain. Oh, so you're freaked the fuck out. So I was freaked out. You should have gave me the window. I'm not like, it's just, you're never going to be completely at ease yeah. if you're in a moving vehicle when you're sleeping. There's always okay? something like, all right, if are we someone, about to die? We're going to die? If someone woke you up that day and said, everyone has to load out right now because the bus is parking three miles away and we're not going to be able to get to it until later this na- later tonight. Yeah, actually, actually happened, by the way. That happens all the time. Yeah. New York, you can't park a bus in oh, front of the God. venue you're playing in New York. Fuck. Maybe Parking they're, in fucking New Jersey. And you park it in New Jersey. Uber. And you have to do... What's that called? Why can't I think of what it's called? Uber? No, like the unloading. Unloading. No. Load out. No, babe. Load in. No, when you don't get a go back to the bus. Uh, Drop and go? Drop and go. One time we had to do that in Spain. No. Portugal. Portugal. We, Which is one of the most beautiful cities ever. We had the thing is, if that didn't happen, then we wouldn't have this funny story. We wouldn't have the story, but we had to do a drop and go. Our bus driver would not drive up the hill that the venue was on because he was afraid of it bottoming out. I don't know, but and and when I got up to the quote unquote hill, I was like, "Fucking Europeans, man! (laughs) Seriously, like you think that's a hill? Yeah, like San Francisco, it's like that, and they're parking buses on it, right?" It's like, seriously, dude, like I could ride a unicycle up that hill. Yeah. A million people had gone up that hill. Yeah. And then, you know what the funny part was? The the hilarious, ironic part was he picked us up on the hill after the show was over. He got a clapping, welcoming committee by the entire tour tour package because we were all drunk. Yeah. And we were all like, yeah, dude, you can make it up the hill. Yeah. He made such a huge deal about it. And we had to load in from about a half a mile away. No, it was like a 15-minute walk, so I don't know Up how. a hill. With all of our gear. With gear. all of our gear. It was every person grabbing pieces of gear and running, and running back and running. 
You know what's funny? This though? is at, why at, people at this, are pissed when you see them at the merch table. Okay. Uh, at this point in time, though, I'm thinking that's pretty sweet. Like, we got to play a show in Portugal. Yeah, it was great. Like, I can't even halfway be mad about that at all. Also, the, you know what I mean? Like, I've been home for two years. It's like, I know. That sounds sick. I we, would definitely do that. We right went now. to an amazing antique place, antique shop, and we had port wine, which is my favorite wine in the entire world. Yeah. We had two kinds of port wine. That was killer. We bought like like five grams of hash for $10. There you go. And we went on a, a crazy like sightseeing tour with our sound guy and our band. That was really fun. That was so fun. I mean, going, we just, our band has done one European tour and we just got so lucky with the bands that we went with that everyone, we were all just like homies. Uh, it was beyond crea creation. And Gorod. And brought by pain. And that was really fun. Oh, man. It was so fun. It was so fun because we all were, you know, Julian, who's the vocalist of Gorod, he, I think he was an art history major. So he knew a lot about the everything going on in every city that we went to because they're all super historical. Historical. And he knew about, so he would take us through cities. He knew guides in cities. Yeah. And we would go on like sightseeing tours before we played shows. I remember, what's the name of that Prague. city? Prague. No, we did it in Prague, but we did it in that really small town. Yeah, where was Where that? we went to like a goth nightclub yeah, dance party. Yeah, that place party. was fucking sick. That town rules. Yeah. Uh, it's called. Dragons. L L it starts with an L. Okay. And we went up to the castle. I, I don't know how to say it. I have the word in my head, though. What is that? How is it spelled? It's like Leblanya or something like that. Leblanc. Oh, man. I was asking everyone how to say it. Leblanc. Yeah. What? Yeah. Lib Lib Let me look it up. I think it's like LJ. Lubanya. God, we suck right I got it right here. Capital of Slovenia. Yeah. That's where it was because okay. you had played that festival. Ljubljan. Ljubljana. Ljubljana. That place is really fucking sick. Oh, Man, that was one of the best nights on that tour, which was full of fantastic nights. Oh, I think I can play it. Ljubljana. Ljubljana. Can you Ljubljana. 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 Which? Ljubljana. 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 I asked so many people how to pronounce so that fast. before we went on stage that night. That was a fun show, but that night we did a drop and go as well. Okay. But yeah, we went to that, that super sick, like, historical art. It oh. was just like a gathering yeah. of artists. Yeah. And one, of the, there was a nightclub there. Mm -hmm. And they were playing super gothed out music, and we just went and drank. And we trekked that, that so hill that was historical. God, there was I a miss, monument. I missed tour. I think I missed tour. Yeah. Shit. I do and I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of like a homebody now. I mean, I always, we always were, but no, I'm really. I'm a homebody as well, but I do like traveling. Like we're going to see Earth Crisis and Buried Alive in Philly in yeah. October. We're gonna f we're gonna we're going to fly out. We're flying out. I so if anybody wants to hang, you hit you hit us up. Yeah, we'll probably Dude, be in real. Philadelphia for a week. Yeah. So if anyone wants to hang out, show us around, 
get a drink. We're going to go to Blackbird. Go to the show. We're going to Blackbird. You better believe it. Yeah, you better believe it. All right, next question. <clears throat> Popeye Joe says, Naveen, how did you get approached to record for other bands? Whitechapel, Job for a Cowboy, Machine Head. Uh, hmm. Well, for Job for a Cowboy, I've just known Johnny for a really long time. And they asked me to play on the new album. And I said, Who yes. else is in that <laughs> band? Besides Nick. Uh, the guitar player is Tony. I don't really know him that well. I've only met okay. him like once. And then they have another guitarist. Who you don't know? Uh, I do know him. I don't think you, got, you know. Okay. You definitely don't know. Word. Has he been in the band for a long time? Yeah, he's been in the band for a while. What's his name? Uh, it's just, it eludes me right now. Okay. Fair. But they just asked me to do it, and I did it. And the same with Whitechapel. I guess maybe what he's wanting, wanting to know is how can he do gigs like that? I think he's wanting to know is like how did not... How not did they ask, obviously they asked you, but why did they ask you? Um, why would they choose you? It's pretty obvious why they would choose me and ask me. I think I'm uh, personally hello. trying to find someone else to play in my <laughs> band, so I can't understand. Um, I'm just kidding, I, I guess. So, with JFAC, I've just had a long relationship with Johnny and those guys, and they were making a new album. For whatever, I don't actually know why their old drummer didn't want to do it, but they had Danny on the last album. Danny Walker. Yeah, and then they just said, they, f you know, they came to their senses and they were like, hey, Naveen, let's have you do it. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it, obviously. Well, another thing that happens is that when you don't. That wasn't a diss to Danny, by the way. I was just making a joke. No, but when you don't have like a permanent musician on your music, how we don't have a permanent bass player. However, we did choose a bass player to play on our record. Yeah. You can kind of like, if you can hire someone, then you sort of have your pick of who you yeah. want to hire. That's true. And they wanted to hire Naveen. True that. And then um, Whitechapel was, Entheos opened for Whitechapel on a tour. And once again, became kind of friendly with the band. And, uh, they just liked my drumming and me as a dude. It helps to be chill, like a chill person. That's true. You know, I'm not like the type of guy who's trying to like network or like be that type of person. I'm not like, you guys ever need a studio drummer? You call me up, man. You know, like I've, I'm not like that at all. Well, so, another thing that helps though is being like a super solid player because yeah. there is there is a difference and I don't know if people know this really but there is a difference between being like a solid player in a live setting and having learned material and and playing songs that already exist and and being the person in a studio who's kind of like creating the the drums for another band yeah. you're very good if someone is if you're doing a part that's like a Naveen part and they're like, nah, we want a more straightforward beat for that, you can change it up very quickly and you can yeah, play yeah. it 
you can play it in a very solid way so no one's going to like waste money hiring you yeah. because yeah. it's okay to not really be a studio musician. There are people who are not really studio musicians. It's nothing against them. It's just, that's just how it is. Some people are better in a live situation and you're a really good studio musician. You're yeah. also really good live, but you're a really solid player in a studio. And money is like a factor in, that's true, in these yeah. things. I haven't really thought about it like that. So that's true. the fact that you can kind of go in and nail things. I can lay it down in the studio. Yeah. Get that shit going. That's uh, why it's like we'll talk about sometimes. We've done most of our... We took more time on drums in the studio. There were five days for the record that we'll put out next year. But before this time, you've only done two days in the studio. But yeah. it's because you just are good at nailing things right away. I think true. this time we just took more time like experimenting with things. Yeah. Yeah. We took our time more. But you like if if you if you are commanded to go into a studio for two days and like nail ten songs, you can easily do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh with with JFAC and Whitechapel, I think it was I was probably like eight working days. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. But, I mean, both of those sessions, I went in there, like, pretty much totally cold. You know, I didn't have anything rehearsed at all. You didn't? Did you know the music when you went in? I'd listened to it a bit. But really not. If the guys in the band knew how much I actually listened to it, they'd probably be like, wow, I can't believe we hired this guy. Yeah. Well, for Machine Head... <laughs> Did you know those songs? Uh, but I, I got sent them like a couple days before the session, so I don't feel so bad about that one. See, that's the thing. You do have to be a quick learner. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Machine Head, I've done a couple sessions with them, and that was more of the connect with Zach, who works with them, their engineer. And he works on our stuff, and he did some animosity albums, etc. Have a long history. Yeah. But they, I think, I don't know. I guess he just said, hey, it would be cool if you guys got, you know, Naveen to do some stuff. And then they needed a drummer. It was, like, really sudden. Like, hey, can you do this gig, like, tomorrow? I think it was literally, can you do this gig tomorrow? And I happened to have the day free. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then went in there and nailed it, obviously. <laughs> just killed it. <laughs> Blue people's well, that's minds. A, that's how you keep getting jobs, though. You know, if you go in there and you yeah. do it once. What's sort of funny, though, about me, um, like, it does seem cool. Like, when I look back, I'm like, wow, no, you know, I've done some pretty cool gigs, if you will. But I, n I didn't really set out to do that. You know, totally. I'm just a dude keeping it real. And if people want to get some, then they can get some. Yeah, you don't really do everything. <laughs> you don't at all actually do everything that comes your way. So. No, I, that's what's cool about uh, music for me is I, like I have a day job, so I'm not desperate to do gigs all over the place. So yeah, I can just do the ones that I actually really want to do. And I think I'm going to keep it that way, to be honest. Yeah. You know, no compromise. That's something that I really enjoy too. Like the other day, I turned down something that I was like, this isn't really like not my thing. Not it's just it. not my thing. Like it would have been great for me, I guess. Yeah. But it's just not really my thing. I think it's good. And to be I able do, to do that. I do think that it is good to have that kind of that leverage because that freedom. 
you'll end up just like doing things that you just don't, you can't even really stand behind if you don't have that freedom. Definitely. hundred hundred percent. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I think that's, that's the coolest part to me. You know, when I look back on all the stuff that I've done, I'm pretty into all of it. Like it was sure. all like a good, good time. That's good, a good, good thing. I had good reasons for doing it all. Not just money. Totally. That's awesome. A couple, you know, some, something here and there might have slipped in there, but. For sure. <laughs> it does, as it does. <laughs> Do you want to ask that enduring reverie question? Uh, sure. Ask me. Um, <laughs> are there going to be synths on the new record? Synths on Dark Future were epic and cohesive? I don't know about cohesive. No, there's a question mark. Like, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> oh, I think I typed the question mark. And cohesive? I think I typed the, qu the question mark because when I was reading it, I was like, this is questionable. Um, We've been trying to figure out what, what that looks like. To be <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, I think this we the synths are really cool. In theory, uh, they make, but they make a lot more sense before the vocals are on there, and I th I feel like there is a bit of a clash between like super sick metal vocals and like weird experimental plucky synths. So I I think there was a bit of a of a crowding going on in certain parts of dark future not all the parts no 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 but in some parts of dark future it's it kind of like what's the focus here what's going on here? yeah it you felt know? in in parts of dark future it felt more like there was an instrumental band playing yeah. with metal vocals on top of it not in every part not in every part but yeah there are a lot of parts in dark future that i'm so so proud of yeah that are just really well written and I can look back on it now and be like, this is great. I think I was just super hyped on synths at the time. So I was like, I'm just going to put synths on every part. Fuck it. Totally. But now I'm sort of th seeing things a little more as a whole. Like, where does it really need a synth? Yeah. And where does it need maybe like an eerie guitar lead or a right. layer vocal or... I'm not trying to do things just because, like, I got some cool new scent and I want to use it, you know, type yeah. of a situation. So that's really what we're trying to do. We are obviously taking our time a little bit more on this one. and A lot a bit more. Yeah, like hell of more. I so, think we've actually been writing the record for, like, a little over a year. Oh, longer than that, because I wrote the first song right when we got back from that tour, like two days after we got back. Yeah, and but then there was a whole second half written to the album that was scrapped and rewritten in, like, December. Yeah. So. So, yeah, it's been a while. Two years. It's been a while, and we're, I'm listening to it now, like, with vocals on there, and I'm thinking, okay, where do the layers go? Now, mind you... There is a lot of really cool layers. 
but they might not always be a synth. It might be a guitar. It might be a bass. might be... So instead of having like all that happening all at once and just going, like, okay, whoa, I don't even know what to focus on here. <laughs> yeah. We're sort of being a little more mindful at choosing what is the focus. Yeah. And we've been... And the focus is always something that I'm doing. <laughs> Most of the time. We've been that mindful with the entirety of the record. Yeah. From the art to the music videos to the mixing. Like we and we were just talking about something earlier today that was like, whoa, mind blowing, you know, like just really wrapping things all together. We're trying to make the whole thing an immersive experience. Absolutely. And so we can't be like throwing people off with Sorry, the cat just ran in. Oh, that's good. Oh, he's here. Hey, buddy, come here. So, yeah, <laughs> we're trying to. <laughs> but, yeah, we just want this record to make a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, it has been a long time since our last record, okay? On all accounts, it's been. Uh, Dark Future came out in 2017. It's 2021 now. We're probably seeing, like, an, um, in the first half of 2022 release. But. Five years, that's not so bad. We put out, th we had three releases in the first like three years of being in a band. So yeah. we kind of did rapid fire right away. But with all of the changes that have happened in our band, it's like we've need, we've gone through a whole reimagining of what our band is and what we want it to be. And Theo's reimagined. It really, I mean, it's it's almost like a new... It's not a new band. It's very much like the same heart and soul of the band. You guys are going to love this album, okay? I it's, don't know. It is killer. I hope you do. No, I don't have any hope. Like I was saying earlier, you know, I just say things that I know. And I know that people <laughs> are going to fucking like this album. Yeah, I just mean... Look at me being you know, like, oh, I don't brag. And now it's just turning into the a while. brag episode. It's taken a while, but it's because we have been born again. True that. All right, Cheney, let's just take one more of these questions. Yeah, let's wrap it up with the, thank you guys, yo, for listening. Uh, now that we're two Bud Light Seltzers deep. I got two Bud Light Seltzers right. and I'm ready to. The last, yeah, I'm ready for dinner. The last All right, well, question. hey, Cheney, with dinner, that being said, tacos or burritos? Uh, well, we live in California. Rob McCambridge drums. That's what he wants to know. Wants to know tacos or burritos. We live in California. It's burritos all day, baby. And Damn. Dude, I'm all about flour tortillas. Naveen has always known this about me. That's true. Cheney only does flour. No corn. Not doing Unless it. Unless it's a freshly made corn. That's true. Or if it's... Half corn, half flour. Or you throw some oil down in the pan and you throw that corn tortilla in there. <laughs> all right, now that's pretty good. Melt some cheese on there. Vegan cheese. Or if we're at... Taco Bell, crunchy, <laughs> crunchy taco, Taco Bell. Um. So yeah, I would have to say burritos too. I'm not, I don't really ever order tacos. You're from California. Yeah. You know who has really good burrito or really good tacos? Chipotle. What? Chipotle, pote. There's a tour term for you. Pote. There's but I, pot at this point, I've forgotten what's like a tour term and what's. Yeah. Something that we made up. Blurred the lines. <clears throat> All right. Well, there you have it, everybody. <laughs>
I'm not wearing any pants, so I don't. I I know that's something that that's I was my thinking, secret. I was thinking maybe next week. It's either next week or the week after, or the week after that when your sister is getting married. That we're going to be posting that Bill Over Under episode. That was uh, a good one. That was okay. a good we one. Got one banked for Billy you guys. O. He's the reason we say Dick Ripper. So true, true. All right. Well, we got one in the bank. It's from a while ago. Jenny, any last words before we come back? Oh, you guys week? should check out the new Zenith Passage track. Yeah, it's the real. the return of Derek Demon Ridquist and Brandon Giffen from the Faceless. Yeah, so sick. It's really, really goddamn track. good. Really good. We love those guys. Great guys. So on that note, have a good week, everybody. We'll Happy see Wednesday. Next week. Love y'all. I just hit the wrong song. This is the intro song, not the outro. They're different? Yeah. Here, hold on, I'll put. <laughs> oh, they're different. So the outro creeps in. See, that's producer see? shit. Have All a right, good see week. See you next week, everybody. <laughs>